Hey, this is Jim, pastor of Decided Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope the sermon you're about to hear just blesses your heart and really encourages you. If you don't mind, subscribe. That way you'll get instant notifications every time a sermon is uploaded. And by all means, if you're feeling led to give, click on the giving link and there'll be more directions to follow. God bless. Enjoy the message. Decided Church, 10 o'clock. How you doing? Did you get your bagel? We are celebrating God's faithfulness and just this this building is getting closer and closer. I can almost smell it, but that was the bagel. So um, I'm excited to preach just for a minute. I'm not going to be long up here because we are sending off our own Julia Dirks today. It's Commission Sunday, Send Off Sunday. And so we've invited her to come up in just a little bit and share for those of you who may not know her, may not know what she's up to. Uh, we're sending out our first missionary at Decided Church, so we want to honor you and give you time to share your heart about what God's doing. So I'm up here just to whet your appetite, just to get things started for our brand new sermon series, which Serena is right, they had no clue, but it's called A Table in Enemy Territory. You know, there's four tables in Scripture that are all connected with a single theme. Beginning with the Passover... If you remember, that was an elaborate, symbolic family meal shared in silent urgency as the angel of death passed over households under the blood to bring judgment upon the homes of their enemies in Egypt. And then think about the Lord's table or communion. That's a celebration, a remembrance of Jesus' victorious death. The body broken, the blood spilled. As he crushed the head of the enemy for good in triumphant resurrection and life. And then we read of another table, the marriage supper of the Lamb in Revelation. That will be the ultimate decadent feast with heaven's finest to welcome the spotless bride into a perfect union with her bridegroom. As all the angels and all the elders cry, holy, holy, holy. For death, sin, Satan himself will be ultimately eternally defeated. And then we have Psalm 23. Not to be outdone. This is an invitation to dine in defiance to the enemy. It's a call to rest with the shepherd. Even in the darkest shadows, surrounded by a roaring coliseum of demons and devils, licking their chops to tear you apart. Yet powerless to do so as long as the shepherd of our souls is near. So whether it's Passover, communion, marriage, supper of the lamb, the wedding feast, Psalm 23's table in enemy territory, the woven thread throughout scripture is this, God mocks your enemy by inviting you to feast in their faces. God forms, he anchors his people around tables, around meals. They're meant for remembering, they're meant for empowering, they're meant for feasting. And they're meant for resting. See, the thing about it is the devil's always blown up right after a biblical meal. And because our Western culture, we don't understand feasting, we don't take time for shared meals, we're famished for it. But why specifically a table? What, what power does a table hold? I believe it's the shared laughter, a shared meal. I believe it's the eye contact. I believe it's the leaning in. It's the level playing field for sure. For whatever background you came from, you have a seat there. 
It's, it's the level playing field. It's a shared interest. It's the hospitality, the community, the fellowship created. God's tables are sacred. They are holy. They are an act of war. So a table in enemy territory, this is going to be a verse-by-verse study in the most misunderstood psalm. And the challenge for you and me is to shift our perspective from seeing this through prophetic eyes, to see the kingdom warfare, to see the revelation symbolism that will defiantly trespass over all our misconceptions around this comforting funeral psalm. That's not it at all. See, I've always thought of Psalm 23 in this kind of precious precious moments, tender, uh, innocent way. But it's actually incredibly savage. It's incredibly aggressive. And it does bring comfort. So don't get me wrong. It does bring comfort. The words bring so much hope. But it's amazingly masculine. So I want everybody to try this. I want you to say, I'm tired of the funeral. I'm ready for the feast. I'm tired of the funeral. I'm ready for the feast. That is, in essence, the heartbeat of Psalm 23. So I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to read it together, and then we'll be done. I just want to read this out loud together. This is not going to be one of those where I speak out loud and you just follow along on the screen. I want, you, I want your voices. I want you to read it with me out loud, Psalm 23. And I want you to read it maybe for the first time. I want you to see it in a little different light. Maybe the last time you saw these words was at a funeral on the back of a bulletin at a memorial service, at a graveside service. And that's wonderful. It's fitting. But I want you to read these words with fresh eyes this morning. I want you to see the invitation to come join him at the table, to make your way through throngs of enemies, to fight your way with the shepherd at your side to dine with him. Let's read together. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus, we lift up your name. Thank you for being the shepherd of our souls this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Just two thoughts really quick. And then I'll invite Jules to come speak. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's the first verse. It's the shortest verse, but it's packed. Two thoughts. Number one, you can't call him your shepherd until you have learned to call yourself the sheep. That's just the blunt truth. It's the vulnerable truth. We are the messy ones. We're the clumsy ones. We're the ones that get stuck in a ditch. You guys ever seen that meme? The shepherd's pulling the sheep out of the ditch, and then he gets so excited, he hops right back in. Let's roll it. I think we have it up here, but this is so true. This is us. Oh, yeah. It's a great day. It's a great day for him. You know, that as funny as that is, that's you and me. We don't have a clue what we're doing. 
We'd have no power in and of ourselves. We're prone to wander. We're easily led astray. We're not smart. We're not lovely. We are stinky, messy, clumsy, vulnerable. You know, the sheep does not consider for one moment the need to keep himself alive. The sheep has no clue how to keep himself secure or fed. He wanders with no cares except following where the others go. It's the shepherd that guides, the shepherd that provides, protects, rescues, sustains. It's the shepherd that gives the sheep everything he needs. The heart of this psalm does not connect with the self-sufficient. So if you're coming in this morning and you feel pretty good, you got stacked up quite a bit of good works, and you're pretty moral, you're pretty ethical, you're a stand-up guy, this psalm is not going to connect with you. You might want to find another one. This psalm doesn't connect with the self-sufficient. In order to call the Lord your shepherd, you got to call yourself the sheep. And then number two, you cannot say, I shall not want, until you've trusted him with all your needs. I can't say as the sheep, well, God, I'm not going to want. I'm not going to desire anything outside of you. I'm going to be content right where I am. I can't say that until I've trusted him, that he's going to provide, that he's got me, that he's sustained me and sourced me. But in this world, we do have wants. That's the honest truth. Because we're sheep, we're either discontented or we have harmful desires that the shepherd is intentionally keeping us from. Most of my restless wandering, most of my restless scrolling, most of my restless swiping, let's put it in 2023, it comes from desiring dangerous things that the shepherd knows will bring me harm. I shall not want because I should not wander. Because resting and wanting are not simultaneously possible. Resting is the posture of the sheep. Wanting? No. The shepherd has given everything that you need. So I want you to remind your heart this morning, I have everything I need. And if you've never come to Jesus as your shepherd, as your provider, the one who rescues you, the one who's invited you to the table, today's your day, now's the moment. Jesus says, I've got everything you need. There's nothing worth having outside of me. And Jules, as you come up in just a moment, I want to remind you and encourage your heart that God is your Jehovah Jireh. The shepherd has provided everything you need. He has gone before you. He has sourced you. He has provided you. He will sustain you. In the moments when it feels like you're alone, when it feels like you're that sheep wandering around in the desert, He is Jehovah Jireh. He is your shepherd. He is the one that clothes you, provides you, keeps you secure. In him, you have everything that you need. Let's pray, and then I'm going to ask Jules to come up. Jesus, we love you so much. Thank you for being the shepherd. Thank you for this psalm that's incredibly, incredibly moving. And I pray that you would give us eyes to see the warfare that you are waging on our enemies when you ask us to trust you as the sheep and come dine with you. A table. There's a table in enemy territory. And I think of what you're sending Jules to do. I think of the opposition that she'll face, the enemies that will be there, literal coliseums, that she can just picture times gone by where 
someone standing up for their faith would have been ripped apart at the seams for doing what she's about to do. And although her enemies may not be physically on that level to destroy her, we know that there is heavenly warfare. So I pray that you would come around her and support her, sustain her as the shepherd. I pray that you would help her remind her heart, remind our heart that we have everything we need in you. And that those demons, those devils, those enemies, they are powerless as we have the shepherd by our side. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.